With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One, goo, three, yeah! and goo! Just three! Mac and goo! King of Queens! Mac and goo! Meryl Street! And thank you, Marcus. Another thralling episode of Mac and Goo. <laughs> it's uh, another interesting open. Hey, Mac, week. what's up? Nothing much. So we're Mac and Goo. We are Mac and Goo. What do we do? We provide friendship mostly. Yeah. But while doing so, we like to talk about movies, television, you know, occasionally some music and uh, some pop culture references yeah. tossed in there. So in particular, this week, we would love to share with you some of our most influential movies. Now, this is influential to us. Yeah. And we also aren't saying these are our favorite movies. These are movies that kind of shape the way that we view cinema. Yeah, to a certain extent. I would say every movie I list is in like my oh, yeah, top no, 25 yeah. Still movies. one of my favorite movies. Yeah, and I think what you'll come to find out is most of these movies I watched between the ages of like 10 to 20, like where I could actually start to understand film and it shapes your love. Yes. For me in particular... I've always loved comedy. I've always found things funny. Like, my love of film, I love comedies, but it's not necessarily, like, we're not going to find out a lot of comedies on this list because I already appreciated that. The films that are on my list are what kind of made me appreciate the art of film and filmmaking, and I think it's a little different for you because you already had a love for that. Like, you went to school for that. That was kind of your passion. I did go to school. I went to school for broadcasting. Mm. How I went, about that? I went to school for history and political science. And yes. that actually does play a role here. Some of the films yeah. I've loved are all about historical accuracy. So, although it may say on the ampersand, this is episode 34, and next will be episode 35, mm. in the hearts of many, episode 98 and 99 of and Mac on the, and uh, precipice yes and that is not counting any of the dtfs because mm. i don't think anyone counts those no no and i think this week once again we've switched to the two episode format so first episode will be my top 10 most influential yes this films. is to not muddle it and to not have people think well this is max this is this is right. simply for episode 34 yeah. max, max max top 10 influential movies and then episode, episode 35, 35 we go episode 99 mm. the great one Perfect. Uh, Brent Gretzky. <laughs> so I think the best way to give you an introduction to my list of 10, and I didn't put them in order of... Sarge! Let's all go to the Goovies. These guys are pretty neat. All right, Matt. <laughs> I didn't put them in order of most important to least important. They're just in chronological order because I found it too difficult to actually rank them 1 through 10. Goo is much better at that than myself. Also, I am standing up this episode. Yeah, you are something you're pacing else. around. Back I am pacing there. around. You're a busy body. I know. So I think for me, I take influential to mean as something that affected my thoughts on film. And the film had to move me emotionally, whether to tears, to laughter, to, you know, whatever it was, like an extreme emotion. I think that's what I feel is the most influential. So simple enough, I'll start off with Psycho, 1960, Alfred Hitchcock film. Uh, I watched this movie my senior year of high school in a class called Humanities, which was basically a class about 
movies, art, and music, which yep. was a really great class. It, it introduces you to a lot of things you've never seen before. And for me, Psycho was one of these films. I would say it's probably the first modern slasher film. It really created the genre. And like we've seen in later movies, um, not a lot of blood and gore and guts. A little bit of it, but not a lot. Like, they don't actually show the murders too much. You would say, though, back in the 1960s, they probably couldn't. Right, exactly. Yes. It was definitely edgy for its time. There was also no practical way to do it for them. Yes. As opposed to in the late 70s when Texas Chainsaw, Halloween, right, right. Friday the 13th. But that led into all those movies. Exactly. This was an inspiration for a lot of the stuff we saw in the late 70s, early 80s. What I love about this movie so much is, first of all, the score. I talked about it a bit a few weeks back when we talked about movie scores. Bernard Herrmann's All Strings score is really scary. You're just sitting on edge the whole time when, when you hear a string section come on because it's that high-pitched you know, violin type of string. And what we get out of this movie is the unbelievable dialogue between Norman Bates and his mother... Spoiler alert, you find out he's both at the end. He's oh, an absolute on, psychopath. Should have given us a Hence, countdown. Psycho. <laughs> and that's what really makes this movie great. It's a good movie as it is, and when you add that added twist in the end with the rocking chair and you find out his mom's been dead for X amount of years, you're like, holy shit, this guy is a psycho. Hence the name of the movie. You get that iconic shower scene where he murders, uh, I think her name is Marion. Is that her yeah. name? Um, Played by Janet Lee, mother of. Right. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Boom. There's just so many good things about this film, and for me, it made me appreciate the filmmaking aspect of a horror film, because I'm 17 at the time of watching this movie, and I've seen all the gore, the guts. I mean, this is the time I'm seeing this movie is right around the time when the Saw movies were coming out, all that shit. So the problem with today's horror films, slasher films, is it's too much blood, guts, and gore where they try to like gross you out, whereas Psycho was just a movie that they tried to make a really good movie. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of the horror genre misses these days. Now... May I guess the real reason why this is one of your favorites? Sure. This is the first movie in which they show a female in a bra. Ooh. You might on be onto film. something there. You Mac. might be onto something. And she's in a shower. Mac loves breasts. Nude women. Hey oh. Second movie on the list. Another movie from the 60s. Another movie I saw in humanities class. Uh, Dr. Strangelove. And this movie is so unique. It's unlike anything that's ever really been done. I mean, there's been some copycats now, obviously, because it's 50 years later. Like Doctor Strange. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, this is a Stanley Kubrick film. I would say it's his best film. He's got a number of great films. And it stars Peter Sellers, who plays three roles in the movie. Lionel Mandrake, a British officer, President Merkin Muffley, and he plays Doctor Strangelove. And basically the premise of the movie is it's Cold War America the height of the Cold War versus the Soviet Union, and a general from the U.S. Army orders a nuclear strike on Russia. So the whole movie basically plays off of that. Dr. Strangelove is one of the funniest characters in cinematic history. Basically a, a former Nazi scientist who the Americans now rely on for all of their bomb knowledge. And throughout the film, his right arm is constantly coming back up and doing the Heil Hitler salute, which is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And this movie has maybe my favorite ending to a film ever, where Dr. Strangelove gets up and he says, Mein Fuhrer, I can walk! It plays We'll Meet Again, one of the more famous World War II songs at the end as the atomic bomb actually drops on the Soviet Union. It's an unbelievable political satire, kind of the first of its kind. I mean, this is 1964 here. There hasn't been a lot of progress in filmmaking, especially political satire. It also stars George C. Scott, who went on to play General Patton. So the cast is great, 
And it's just a real black comedy that if you love comedies and appreciate comedies, this film is right up your alley. I feel like with Cycle, a lot of people have seen that movie. It's one that everyone kind of grew up seeing at some point. I'm not so sure that's the thing with Dr. Strangelove. So if you haven't seen Dr. Strangelove, you got to see it. You'll love that movie. The third movie here, Star Wars. Simply enough, maybe the most popular movie ever, would you say? I'd probably say the start of the most popular franchise of all time. Yeah, pretty cliche one to have A little on the fun list. fact, actually. Star Wars is number one in merchandise sales, right? That, hey, I would believe that. Can you guess what number two is? No, I couldn't. Cars. Really? Cars. Wow. Cars. Cars. Well, cars 3 just came out this past yeah. weekend or a couple weekends ago. Little kids love cars. Little kids do love cars. Little kids play with cars, and it's really easy to make cars, little yeah. toy cars. So, okay, yeah. That is a nice little tidbit right there. You're welcome. So Star Wars came out in 1977. It basically created the modern sci-fi genre. Instead of just all wacky, I shouldn't say that because you get the cantina scene with all the wacky aliens, but they actually tried to make a space-age movie with interesting characters. It's a three-part series, so you don't get closure necessarily in the first film. The second film changes everything. But I picked the first one because it's what started everything. We talked about it a little bit. You think Empire is the best, right? I think Empire is the best of all the Star Wars. Okay. I don't know if I agree with that. I think I like Jedi the most. <sighs> but the, all three of them are, are I understand phenomenal that, films. I understand that Jedi gives you closure. Mm. But Empire was one of the first movies that I saw that showed that you can end a movie a different way. That you don't need to have this happy, tied-up ending. Right. Granted, he knew that he was going to make a third movie. And, yeah. and now that's what you see in modern films where no one's tying up any loose ends. Right. Because it isn't just a point A to point C. It's a, well, this is a long, carried-out universe. Mm-hmm. Star Wars started that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I can't think of a trilogy of films before Star Wars. Episodes uh, one through three. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So this kind of created a new era in film. It's made, uh, like my father, for example, grew up on Star Wars, massive Star Wars fan. And this movie means a lot to me because we watched it forever and ever, every day of my life from growing up until now. Like just last year for Christmas, he bought me the six DVD set, all the Star Wars movies. So it's just something we share. So obviously Star Wars means a lot to me. See, now my father didn't share Star Wars with me. See, there you go. And I had to kind of stumble upon it myself. Yeah. My brother saw it in like his mid-teens, and he's like, hey, check out Star Wars. Yeah, and that's yeah. after everyone talked about Star Wars forever. Right. And you already knew the twist. Yeah. <laughs> See, I mean, that would fundamentally change how you view Star Wars. If you know the Darth Vader twist going into the films, that changes everything. I've also noticed with your movies, you love twists. I do love twists. You love twists. I'm a huge twist guy. I'm a huge Oliver twist guy. I'm a huge... Uh, Beatles doing the twist. M- yeah. I'm a huge fan of movies making you think and yeah. movies sitting with you after you watch them. That definitely affects the way I view films. The next movie, Halloween, 1978. And I think Goo and I agree on this. Probably the best horror movie of all time. It took a lot of its inspiration from Psycho, where you don't get a lot of blood and gore you get a lot of off-screen killings or a lot of dark killings. You don't see much of the actual deaths. Yeah. And like Psycho, this had an unbelievable score. This was mostly a piano score by John Carpenter, who wrote and directed the movie as well. And it's just something that... It's one of those movies that you look at the recipe. It shouldn't work. Low-budget film. Independent film. Independent film. They had a 19-year-old... What's her face? Laurie Stroud. Jamie Jamie Lee Lee Curtis. Curtis Daughter of? Of Jamie or whatever. Janet Lee. Janet Lee. (laughs) 19 years old, basically her first feature film. They have a William Shatner mask is the killer's mask, which is just 
kind of ridiculous to think about. Michael Myers is wearing a gas station attendance suit. Great performance from Donald Plaisance. Donald Plaisance really carries this. Yes, he does, especially this, in this first one. And it also gives you, which I'm not sure I had seen before. In, in Halloween, I saw early on in my days. I might have been 10, 11 when I saw this yeah. movie. Right around the age where you're, it's first acceptable to start watching movies like this. I said around seven or eight. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. that's a little early, but you had an older brother, and yeah. I'm the oldest, so you got introduced to some things where yeah. I had to find them out. And what's awesome about this movie, it was the first time I had seen something where a killer dies but comes back, which is like, it's so cliche to happen now in movies, but it's when you see that for the first time, it's like, oh, that's that's a possibility. Holy shit, that's terrifying. So Halloween, I think, is just something, it's one of those transcendent films that if you're making a horror movie... The first thing you probably want to do is steal from Halloween. The next movie on my list, The Lion King, 1994. And this movie, first of all, is amazing. But it means so much to me because it's the first movie I ever remember seeing in the theater. So I think I was five years old when I saw this movie in theaters. And it's basically just Hamlet with lions, which is fine. But the original songs were done by Elton John. It's scored by Hans Zimmer. Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. I would say that Mufasa's death was the first time I realized that people could die. And it's a lion. I mean, but I'm five years old, and I think it was a good way to get introduced to death, if you so, get what I'm saying. No, I understand that. The reason why it probably didn't hit me as hard is because I grew up from the age of like four or five watching Land Before Time over and oh, over and over true, again. True, Which was That's a, another good one. Which was a movie that was to show kids things can happen. Yeah, shit happens. Death happens, yeah. and you have to move on. Right. And what's so great about this one is because at five years old, you don't really understand your emotions. And I remember crying in the movie theater when Mufasa died. A fictional lion... <laughs> a fictional lion affected me as a child. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. I don't know if that makes me an idiot, but... The Lion King is just one of my favorite movies ever. And I thought that makes me an idiot. <laughs> I would say if I had to vote best Disney movie ever, this would be it for me. I don't know where it is for you. I mean, a big market tease down the line. We'll eventually rank the Disney movies. Okay. But yeah, we kind of have to. Within the next 100 episodes. Yeah. And I didn't want to have... I almost put Toy Story on my list. You'll find out later. It's in the honorable mentions. But this... Toy, alert. Toy Story came out a year after this movie. Yeah. And between Lion King and Toy Story, I felt like I remembered everything. Like, Lion King was one of my first memories memories as a kid about movies and then toy story only came out a year later and i feel like i remember everything ever since toy story so i guess i guess you age a lot between five and six years old another thing about the lion king and this might be the first time well they had robin williams and that kind of broke the mold for them yeah. but getting these big name actors to do voiceover so many talents yeah so many talents next movie on the list la vita e bella which is Life is Beautiful. It's a... I was going to say, it sounds sensual, but it ain't. <laughs> it, no, it's it the ain't. complete opposite. Yeah. It's an Italian film, stars Roberto Bernini, who actually won Best Actor for it. And basically the premise of the movie is it's World War II. The Nazis are taking all the Jews and, and turning them in concentration camps. And Bernini's character is married to a non-Jew. Their kid is obviously Jewish as well. So they take the kid and Bernini and they're taking them to a concentration camp. The wife actually goes with them. But the movie is so amazing because of the relationship between Benini and his son in the film. And he's basically trying to hide the fact that they're at a concentration camp from his son. So he does that by masking their daily activities in a game. And you earn points and you do this. You got to hide. You got to do this and do that. It's actually completely moving that relationship the way he does it. I would say the film that made me feel the most gave me all of the feels. And I didn't watch this movie until I was maybe 14 or 15 in Italian class, actually, at school. And I was like, wow, this is not fair to make me watch this in school. And I saw it in Humanities. Feels. Did you? Yeah. Well, there you go. 
So it's just one of those movies that, again, I feel like not a ton of people have seen. So if you haven't seen Life is Beautiful. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Beautiful. Go ahead and get that. It's an amazing movie. Next on the list, The Sixth Sense. 1999. M. Night Shyamalan's breakthrough movie. I think he had only directed one or two movies before this. And this movie blew my mind because twists. Once again, playing into your love for twists. Yeah. Spoiler alert here. Bruce Willis is dead. Bruce Willis is the guy in the wig the (laughs) entire time. (laughs) I saw this movie shortly after it came out. I didn't see it in theaters, but I saw it on DVD release or VHS release, whatever. Were DVDs out in 2000? I think they started coming out because the first time I saw a DVD was when my brother bought the Spice World DVD. Oh, hey oh, That's like 1998. That, that was movie. like 96, 97. What was funny about that, we didn't have a DVD player. So you just he just bought it to just own it. Just bought it. We have it. Mm, Never okay. saw it. Posh Spice. Little Gucci Dress. Love yeah. that movie. Great movie. Right. Sixth Sense was the first time I realized, because I'm you know 11 or 12 watching this movie, that someone could pull that off in a movie. Because once you figure out what the twist is, Bruce Willis is the main character of that movie. Him and Haley Joel Osment. Once you realize that, wow, he that happened, he's not alive, it, it makes the second time you watch that movie is more enjoyable than the first time because you're going through looking for signs and looking for little Easter eggs that might point out that Bruce Willis is dead, and there's plenty of them there, but you miss it on the first time through. That movie was kind of the first movie that captivated me, that made me watch it four, five, six times in a row, which I think means it's influential. So we're here to the final three movies on my list, 2008's The Wrestler, Starring Mickey Rourke, Marissa Tomei, and Rachel Evan Wood. This movie, I did not expect to like it the way I liked it. I didn't see it until maybe a year after it came out. It was recommended to me by a friend. I grew up loving professional wrestling. And what you don't see in professional wrestling, especially as a kid, is everything behind the scenes. You know, the day-to-day grind that these guys got to go through. What the wrestler does, amazingly, is showing kind of the downside to professional wrestling. It's a guy that used to be a famous wrestler, and now he's on the downside of his career. He's hooked on painkillers. He's doing steroids. He's blowing all his money at the strip club, and it just makes it so personal. Like, he has buckets of chestnuts. <laughs> yeah, he's just eating pistachios left and right. <laughs> um, and this movie is really just uh, the interplay between those three characters. So Evan Rachel Wood plays Mickey Rourke's daughter, and Marissa Tomei plays a stripper. She gets nudie. You see her boobies. Mac loves nudes. But the relationship between those three is actually really special. And I think it does an unbelievable job showing how similar Marissa Tomei and Mickey Rourke's characters are. She's a stripper. He's a wrestler. They shouldn't be similar, but they are. And uh, it's basically Mickey Rourke weighing, should I keep wrestling? If I do, it's going to kill me. Or should I try to be a good father? Because he hasn't been a good father his whole life. So it's just a really personal movie. And, and I think they do an unbelievable job with it. And the ending to this movie is one of the most ambiguous you've ever seen. He goes up to the top rope. He's having chest pains. You're pretty sure he's dying. He jumps off the top rope, and the movie just ends. You don't know if he dies. You don't know if he survives. You have no idea. It's left completely up to interpretation. You don't know if he flies away like the grease car. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You don't know if he just soars up to heaven. So I think ending the movie that way really sealed the deal for me, really made it what it is. It's It's a great film that is left open to interpretation. So the way... You watched that movie is how you think it ends. And for me, I think he dies, and I think that's a perfect fitting. 
The next movie, Inception, 2010. This movie is the movie I would say I have watched most in my life. It only came out seven years ago. I was, I guess, 21 when it came out. Math and goo. And I still don't know how this movie ends. I still don't know if it's a dream state. I don't know if it's real. The premise of the movie is maybe the most original idea I've ever seen. There's dream states. You can invade people's dream states. You can change the way people think about things. It's a fascinating film. Visually, super impressive. The score, Hans Zimmer, amazing. Zimmer. Uh, it's got Leo DiCaprio. It's got Ellen Page, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Tom Hardy. The cast is amazing. The acting is amazing. The directing is amazing. Gun to my head, my favorite film of all time. This might be it. The way this movie progresses is super fast. It's really well-paced. You are rooting for Leo DiCaprio's character, and then when you find out about his ex-wife, Marianne Cotillard, Cotillard. I always forget her name. Um, she's amazing this in, the, in this film, too, and she's really only in it for maybe six or seven minutes. So this movie is just one of those movies that is the best at making you think afterwards. It sits with you, and you're like, well... Did this mean that, or did that mean this? So it's something that I still, to this day, am not sure. I still have no idea about the ending of that movie. I don't know what it means, but it's been influential enough that I'm still thinking about it seven years later. So there you go. The final film on my list, a very recent film, 2015's Room, starring Brie Larson. And I would say, outside of Life is Beautiful and maybe The Lion King, probably the most emotional experience I've ever had watching a movie. Brie Larson's performance in this is absolutely transcendent. It's what turned her into a superstar. She's getting all sorts of roles these days. And also, the little kid in this movie is amazing. So, again, I think this is another movie not a ton of people have seen. Have you seen it? Yes. The premise of the movie is that Brie Larson was kidnapped when she was like 17 or 18. She's held captive in a shed, which they call room. She was raped continuously or whatever. And from the rapes was born her son. So all this son knows is the room. He's never left that shed. He's lived his whole life in that shed. He's like maybe five years old. So the first half of this movie, you discover what a wonderful relationship between the mother and the son. But then you realize, like, oh, this is the rapist kidnapper's son. So it's a really weird dynamic. The escape scene in this movie is so emotional. It's incredible. And then the second half of the movie is almost a completely different movie, but it works. It's a sad film. It makes you feel feels. And it's... uh. Like I said, maybe the most emotional experience I've ever had watching a film. So, And like we uh, spoke about, I believe on the old A.N.D., this movie has one of the best child performances. Yes. Which really helps carry it. Yeah, and because the movie for the first hour and a half is just these, or the first hour, I should say, is just these two characters, Brie Larson and The Sun. And it's just so dark. I mean, there's scenes in the movie where the captor, the captor? Captor. Is that, is that a word? Captor? Capturer. The, the kidnapped, the kidnapper? Yeah, the kidnapper. The guy who kidnapped Brie Larson comes in and, and basically rapes her a few times a week. And the kid has to hide in the closet because the guy doesn't want to see the kid. He wants nothing to do with the kid. So it's just, it makes you disgusted. But at the same time, you're rooting for these two characters. Spoiler alert, when they finally escape, it's like one of the most excited i've been for fictional characters so you just really buy into this movie quickly because of brie larson because of that kid so if you haven't seen it i probably just ruined it for you but go see it so just to recap again chronologically psycho from 1960 dr strangelove 1964 star wars 1977 halloween 1978 the lion king 1994 la vita e bella 1997 the sixth sense 1999 the wrestler 2008 inception 2010 and room 2015 
I don't know if I made a conscious effort to do it, but I had a pretty well spread out list there. And uh, they all meant a little bit something different to me. And I think it's a nice group of 10. Hashtag Mac loves twists. All right, Matt, quickly, your honorable mentions. Uh, so my honorable mentions, there's 11 of them, and I had a really hard time cutting my list down from 21 to 10, but these were the other 11 films that when I put my list together, when I first thought of these movies, these are the ones that popped into my head. The Wizard of Oz, 1939, not much that really has to be added there. Unbelievable movie, changed cinema history. Same thing for Citizen Kane, 1941, which is a movie I saw again in humanities class, which I think... Is kind of underrated at this point in life. I don't think a lot of people... Yes, being have called seen... the greatest movie of all time no, makes no, it underrated. Yeah, but a lot of people say that, and I don't think a lot of people have seen the movie. I agree, but... It, so that's what I yeah. mean by underrated. Okay. People haven't seen it. Underappreciated, I guess I should Under, say. Yeah, once again, greatest movie of all time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Exorcist, 1973. Scared the bejesus out of people. I think, Made people throw up I can't the remember if I saw this before Halloween or not, but this movie terrified me way more than Halloween ever did. I think Halloween's a way better movie. We don't have the research in front of us, but do you think this is the first movie that made people throw up in the theaters? I could see that because yeah. it's, we're talking about 1973, only ten yeah, years after, uh, thirteen years after Psycho. So there's not yeah, because it's before, film is still in a weird spot. It's before Texas Chainsaw because Texas yeah. Chainsaw, if you see it as like the grainy footage, right. makes me just ill, horrifying. Yeah, absolutely horrifying. And The Exorcist was the same experience for me. Friday the Thirteenth, 1980, one of my favorite horror movies ever because of the twist. You don't know who the killer is, so. This movie isn't as good as Halloween, I don't think, didn't affect me as much, but the twist in the movie is pretty cool. It's a bit of a mystery. Back to the Future, 1985. I don't know what to say about this movie other than I've seen it a million times, so obviously it has influenced me. Really love the movie. Schindler's List, 1993. I cut this movie mainly because I didn't want two World War II Nazi camp movies. Mac's original list was 10 Nazi movies. <laughs> yeah. It's my favorite period in history, World War II through the Cold War. I just love everything about that. Well... I don't love Nazis. No, you love, I don't. You love, love learning about it. Yes, you, it's you, my favorite. You find it very. It's interesting. my favorite historical yeah. period, which is very recent history. The Shawshank Redemption, nineteen ninety four. Like with Back to the Future, I don't know what to say specifically about this movie, other than I've seen it a million times, and so obviously I really love the movie. Toy Story, nineteen ninety five. Mentioned it briefly. I think this movie's so great because it marked a shift in animation. I mean, I think they worked on this movie for like five years, which at that yeah. point was absolutely ludicrous. Which is funny because it still looks half-rendered. Yeah. Lion King came out a year before. And if yeah. you compare those two animations, Toy Story blows it out of the water. I think Lion King is one of the most beautifully animated movies Color, of all Color-wise, I'd yeah. say, yeah. But the animation is just completely different I from Toy Story. Yeah. And then Up 2009, probably my favorite Disney movie of the last 15 years. I love the first half of it, and the second half falls flat for me. I think it's a completely different movie in the second half, obviously. But I love the comedy in the second half of that movie. I really Comedy is better in the second half, but the buildup of his life and how you go through disappointments mm, in your life. Absolutely beautiful. Things don't go as planned. The yeah. first 10 minutes might be one of the best short stories of all time. Yeah, as a short film, that movie would win awards. Yeah. But I really love that movie. And then I also had Guardians of the Galaxy 2014 and Logan 2017 on the list. Both these movies, it's my top two favorite comic book movies of all time. And basically the last, I don't know, 10 years of my life have been spent watching comic book movies nonstop. Because that's that, all that's been at the movies? <laughs> yeah. I didn't feel they were deserving to go on the list, but I had to mention them because they're my two favorites. Okay, Goober. So that was Max List. Go ahead and send us your most influential movie list. Tweet it at us and we will retweet that immediately. We are very curious to see what you guys think. All right, Mac, and final thought, I will steal this from you. Mm. This is uh, something that happened to me today, and it's happened to me in the past. Okay. 
So I wake up on a Saturday or a Sunday at like six or seven o'clock in the morning. I, that's that's an overachieving type of thing. I hop in my car and there is big sporting news, big local sporting news. Yes. And what I want to hear is a local take or someone explaining what happened. Right. And what I get is either paid programming. Can't find it. Or a podcast from earlier in the week. <laughs> or uh, And we're in Boston. Or a national show. Right. But we're yeah. in Boston, maybe How do we not, top three radio market in the country, and we don't have should, any Sunday morning sports talk. Being in broadcasting, I should probably know that. I just know that we're a top ten. I top think it's five. New York, Chicago, and Boston. Los Angeles is also ahead of us. And also, I believe okay. Houston might also. San Francisco, too. Okay, so we're top six. Whatever it is. But it's kind of preposterous that on a Sunday morning you can't find sports talk in Boston. So Should we this, call someone? Should we write a letter? Should that be Mac and this, on Sunday morning? This also leads back to this is the reason why you don't get new talents that, yes. that is being churned out constantly. Yep. Because what used to happen is guys would cut their teeth mm. working the overnights yep. or doing a shift that people didn't want to do Saturday morning at 6 a.m. or right. Sunday morning 6 a.m. And now you aren't getting that because of all this national pre-programming that's just being reused over and over. Right. And what's weird about it is Boston's still a pretty heavily Catholic area. I don't know what that has to do with it. Well, people are up oh, on, going on to Sunday church. mornings. Okay. <laughs> that's <laughs> what I mean. So people are up. People are listening to the radio. So there's yeah. there's a market there. There's a market that could be had. And people are just missing it entirely. It really, really pisses me off. Mm, I you agree. Know. All right, Mac. Where can you find us? You can find us on Facebook, Mac Ampersand Goo. You can find us on Stitcher. Castbox, all these stupid sites. Tumblr. We're on Twitter at Mac and Goo Podcast. I am at Fleetwood J Mac. Goo is at Goopogs, G U P O G S. Goo is back in pog form. The most important platform we're is on Tumblr. Is Once tum- again, Tumblr. Tumblr. Our Tumblr account. Find our Tumblr. Our Tumblr it's linked to our MySpace account. It is picking up dust. I also put us on uh, <laughs> MySpace, but I have no idea how to navigate it. I'm being dead serious. I know you can you go are. on MySpace you can right find now. Us. Look you can't up back and go. You can there. I don't know how to put audio on there. I don't know how to change the effing profile picture. Oh, that's that's a nightmare. Sure. Didn't Justin Timberlake buy MySpace? I think he bought MySpace like I don't six know, years ago. Man. Please get on the iTunes. Search Mac Ampersand Goo. Subscribe. Rate us and review us. And if you do that, we're going to find you down. We're going to hunt you down. And we're going to give you mini posters, stickers. And the most important aspect is a beautiful T-shirt from the folks over at Watertown Sportswear. That's Watertown Sportswear, 34 Mount Auburn Street, Watertown, Mass. 617-924-1840. The website is www.watertownsportswear.com. You can email them, wswprint at verizon.net. Watertown Sportswear, they're expert screen printers and embroiderers. If you need golf polos, sweatshirts, jackets... Sleeveless shirts that Goo likes. Anything you could ever want, Watertown Sportswear could do it. We briefly discussed them making gang jackets for your biker gang. They might be able to do that. I still think they can. <laughs> Unless uh, they're suede jackets. But if, but if you're looking for quotes, wswprintfverizon.net. If you want to give them a call, 617-924-1840. Watertown Sportswear. Fuck <laughs> Quickly, some people that have written on the page recently. Yeah. Uh, Big thanks go out to Kev Mojo, mm. MTGO Dad, and Dr. Joe Gilmore. But we're still looking for, I don't know if it's ID or LD, 11050752. Probably ID. Might be LD. We don't know. Lowercase LD. Larry David. <laughs> Step forward and receive your t-shirts. And don't forget to tune into this week's second episode, Goose Top 10. Goose Top movies. 10. And I actually have mine ranked 10 to 1 because I am a savage. Ooh. Who? That's a tease. Well, sure is. <laughs> so, gang, please stick around for the next episode. Tuesdays are Goose Days. Tuesdays are Goose Days. <laughs> 
Please flip the cassette over to side B to continue the adventure. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.